Well, that was the opening music to The Toll of the Sea, released in 1922. And it stars Anna Mae Wong. Let's see. Kenneth Harlan. <laughs> Kenneth Harlan is the lead male, a man who was married nine times. Oh, seriously? And maybe twice yeah, yeah. in the movie here. He had trouble uh, with commitment, I guess. <laughs> Just didn't work out the first eight times. Be oh, Be yes. Beatrice Bentley played Barbara Carver. Uh, Priscilla Morin played Little Alan. Oh, okay, it was a, it was a girl. I, I was wondering about that, because the character's a little boy in the movie. And then Etta Lee plays the gossip number one, and Ming Young plays gossip number yes. two. Yes. They were busy, weren't they? Yeah. And I'm going to use the music the from the way. YouTube video that I watched that has more of a classical score. And I, f I think there's at least four or five different uploads of this movie on YouTube. And some of the music is better than others. And I, I like this one. And also it was in 720p. So the quality of the video was really good. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Yeah, you, <clears throat> you sent me that information yesterday. I'd already watched it on another... It was okay, the one I watched, but the quality wasn't what it would have been Yeah, on the one that you saw. Yeah, and this movie was restored, uh, and there was three minutes. Did you read this? There was three minutes that were missing at the end, so they went out and shot yes. using an original two-color Technicolor camera. <laughs> so Talk cool. about dedicated people. Like, yes, I, I, did, I did read that. And it was and that, I, I, I think it was that ending, it. it was a lot of that ending of just kind of the ocean and the sunset. And yeah, I think that it was, it was good that there wasn't much at the end there. It was mainly just kind of the, the denouement of the story with the sunset, but it was, well, anyway, we can get into and, that. And so, a testament to the dedication of the people that did it. Definitely. Yeah. And you're listening Over to classic, and you're listening to classic movie reviews and you can find us on the internet at www.classicmoviereviews.net and on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash classicmoviereviews and we changed up our Patreon actually um, in starting in January. We just have one tier for $3 a month and with that you get access to the shows two weeks early and access to like video recordings of our show like the one that you're watching right now if you're watching this on patreon then you're a patron <laughs> thank you and Plus actually we, we came up with we came up with a lot of other ideas of things that we could do yeah why I don't you I talk about some of those. List. yeah well i i don't have that in front of me actually <laughs> well, we were thinking of like other classic media type things so we were thinking of classic radio classic tv classic uh, stage plays and maybe kind of how those cross over into classic movies and uh, you had been talking about your interest in <clears throat> classic radio for a while so this is kind of an opportunity to to get into that it is one of the things that is uh, attractive to me now that I found my list is um, musicals Broadway musicals were then subsequently made into films like Oklahoma uh, play a musical in 1943. It was made a film in 1955. I think there's a lot that can be done there. Um, and, and it's kind of an endless, and then we could, we could do a, we could do a, a backstory on some of the people in some of the <clears throat> movies. All oh, right. In a respectful way, but yeah, like we did with anime one. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. One that comes to mind is uh, Jean Moreau, who's uh, made many f films, mostly in, uh, in France. And she um, she has two films that she did that are favorites of mine, The Bride Wore Black and Elevator to the Gallows. Mm -hmm. and you, you know, They're both really good. One, I think they're both, one's from the 50s, the other's from the 60s. So well, we it, there's a lot of opportunity for that. I think we were talking about doing a series of those movies after Basil Rathbone, right? So we should write that. We should write that down too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Who was that again? Oh yes, this yeah. list is now up to nine. So we I got, think we're in pretty good shape. We and we we also need to think about our 200th episode, and uh, that's coming up. 
probably a lot faster than we realize. I, I think that's probably going to happen in March. So I was wondering well, what you see. thought let's, about doing. Um, oh, gosh, I just completely blanked. But the movie that, that has the ending with Rosebud and Orson Welles. Um, oh, oh, yes. Um, his first film in Hollywood. Yeah, wow. We're terrible classic yeah. movie reviewers. We can't remember that. Um. <laughs> I'll never forget old what's its name. Old movie. what's its name? That classic movie is one of his best, maybe one of the best movies ever made. Yes, that one. Citizen Kane. Yes, Citizen, Citizen Kane, Kane. Of course. And another one that would be uh, well. Let's see. We'd have to. We'd have to plunk whatever we do right in the middle of what we're doing with our list here. Um, but uh, the best years of our lives from 1946 I believe which in my mind is probably the finest movie ever made oh, and so I don't believe between Citizen Kane and Best Years of Our Lives okay and we've not done either one so well of course, of course the, the the list of films is infinite so well another one that I thought of too could be Star Wars we never we never have done that one well that's right it, that's the first oh wow I remember going with you guys in Denver to see that in the Cinerama. Yeah, like and the opening was... It, yeah, I, I remember there was a really long line. Oh, yes. Yeah, there were no extra seats in that theater. And I remember the ending, too. I remember everybody cheering when the Death Star blew up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 2,700 people in unison. Just a quick shout out to a couple of our new patrons here. Um, I did want to thank uh, Dave Ball. And Dave actually uh, did an intro for Mr. Blanding's Builds His Dream House. So thank you, Dave, for that. Uh, that was the other thing on Patreon. If, you, if you'd like to do an intro, uh, you can do that and just contact us. And if it's, if it's for a specific movie, that you're interested in having us review, let us know, or, or if it's one that you know that we're doing that's coming up, um, we'd be happy to have you on the show. And the other person is uh, Justin Emerson. So thank you, Justin, for, for becoming a patron. We really appreciate that. No kidding. Thanks for joining. <clears throat> Look forward to having you do an introduction down the road somewhere. Yeah. And uh, yeah. We'd I'm have to practice. We'd have to practice so that we wouldn't look bad. <laughs> with our introductions oh yeah we need a lot of practice there we're we're really rambling this morning <laughs> we are oh that's all right um it's the start of the new year happy new year everyone again and i'm matt johnson coming to you from north bend here and it's pretty much just been rain nonstop for like i swear two weeks it's i'm ready for some sun and this is bob johnson in los angeles where we're having seattle type weather Cloudy, foggy in the morning, then clearing off in the afternoon. Welcoming everybody back to The Toll of the Sea from 1922 with Anna Mae Wong, whose life story reads like one wild roller coaster ride over a long career from her first film in 1919 until her last film. I just watched her last film last night, Portrait in Black from 1960. She died, unfortunately, at a fairly early age the next year. And we wanted to have our podcasts about her be a tribute to her career and life because she was so, such a groundbreaker coming into the film industry. And her first main role was as the lead in Toll of the Sea at the age of 17. Yeah, that's crazy. She, she did look so young in, that, in this movie though, crazy. Um, I, I, we also reviewed uh, the, uh, Thief of Baghdad and she, she was in that movie um, and so I know we talked a little bit about her during that show, but I, I, I remember late one night I couldn't fall asleep and I went down this uh, internet rabbit hole on Anime Wong and, and I think I texted you. <laughs> it was pretty late. <laughs> and I said, we should do an Anime Wong series of movies. And so here we are. Yeah. And, you know, this kind of is an interesting movie. I, I was trying to think about how to review it as I was watching it because you know, there's like the whole technical side of this movie being one of the first color films ever produced. And I just I just sent you a text this morning that, that I, I found a video of the very, very first color film from 1902. 
surprised by that that it that it went back that far. This was the second one that was made into a commercial film. Yeah, the Toll of the Sea, but 1902. Well, this and this film for me to review it now, 98 years later, I really have to get my mind wrapped around the fact of 1922 and what would this have been like? Well, 99 years later, right? <laughs> I mean, nine years. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I just I missed you there. So basically, a hundred years ago, what was the whole industry like? One of the things about the industry is that it was moving west out of New York and New Jersey, and they had very limited studio capacity and that sort of thing. And they did a lot of filming around Los Angeles. And uh, Anna May Wong, as a young as a young girl, was able to go and watch a lot of lot in location filming because they really didn't have any place else to. To do a lot of these films, and she fell in love with it. I think at the age of nine, she was able to see movies being filmed really close to where she lived there in、uh, Chinatown. And then it's only it's only a short seven or eight years later that she's actually in a starring role in a movie. That's that's pretty pretty neat. And yeah, so that part of it, I, I really like that part of the story of. Kind of how she got started, where she would go and watch these movies being made, and then she actually got to be starring in this movie. And, and you know, actually, there was quite a few Asian actors in this movie. I mean, all of the background characters and supporting characters were Asian, which was was refreshing. It, it is, and the thing that struck me about her performance in the movie is how natural she was before the camera. So many of the silent films have action and actors that are very animated and 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 they're kind of over at the top in terms of how they go about the profession. She was. It's almost like this. She was made to be in film. It felt very modern in a way, and and I'm sure that the color helps with that. But a lot of those silent films, they just are so overly dramatic with their facial expressions and their and like. Their gesticulations, and and here it was much more subdued and more like what you would think somebody would actually be doing in in real life, and her ability to cry on camera, holy smokes! And she had a lot of reasons to cry during this movie. <laughs> so oh no, kidding! A tragedy in her life for sure. In in the film, she's a young woman who who is. I don't know, taken in or duped by the、uh, American who convinces her that he would take her back to the United States, and and they did what I would call a kind of a sham wedding. And、uh, the two gossips in the film, you know, are talking about how this is just not going to work. It's going to be <clears throat> he he doesn't really plan to ever take her anywhere. Well, I think they called it a. Yeah, they, I think they use the word a Chinese wedding, but I think what they meant there was that that it's happened before, and I think it happened to one of the people that's the the gossip because she、Not、says I had seven or eight of these husbands, you know. <laughs> I, I found the it was in in quotes. It was a marriage in Chinese fashion. Chinese fashion, yeah. yeah and I and I and I don't take that to mean that. I don't necessarily take that to mean in a very derogatory way. I think, in the context of that film and that story, it's it's implied that these Americans or these white men come into the country and they, like you said, do these sham weddings and 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 kind of string these women along because they're going to be in country. It seems like for for a long time. And then they leave, and like in the story, he just kind of completely forgets about her. Yeah, and moves on, and and not only that, but then comes back with、uh, the other wife, yeah, played play by Beatrice、uh, Bentley. Beatrice yeah. Bentley, yeah. And and we find、um, out also that 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 they've had a a, a son together,、uh, little Alan is is his name. Kenneth Harlan's character, Alan Carver, doesn't know anything about this because. He's never like she's been writing him letters, but I don't think that they ever reached him or 
I don't even know if he ever gave her the right address. You know, it could have all just been a, a fake. Yeah, I, I think I think it was. It's it's just a it's just a tragedy from from beginning to end practically because she's naive and innocent and trusting and he uses that to his advantage and then to make it worse returns and she is pushed bullied forced or whatever you'd want to call it to give up the son to his uh, other wife and uh, I that just adds to the to the tragedy of the whole thing. That, that to me. part, I definitely wanted to talk about that part because I I wondered what you thought about that. Um, and it's it's not shown on screen, but it's implied that maybe she kills herself at the end. Um, kind of the way that they filmed that sunset, and that was sort of how I read that. And and this movie is based off of the short story, Madam Butterfly, and. Uh, mm -hmm. The character in that tries to kill herself. I, I think she she fails though in the short story. And it, again, it's very ambiguous at the end what actually happens to Anna Mae Wong's character, who is called Lotus Flower. Um, but you know, this this story has a mythic quality to to it as well for me because she finds him floating in a tide pool on the coast, and it's never really explained like how he got there or what happened and it's it's almost like she's been going down to the seashore and longing for some adventure in her life and longing maybe for a, a, a better life and then this guy shows up and seems like he falls in love with her and gives her all these hopes and dreams and then you know it all just comes crashing down around her yeah it's it's um for me, it's really emotional to, to watch it. it. It's a it's a movie that's only it's not even an hour long. Yeah. So it's a it's just packed full of of drama and and um, in, in a lot of ways it, it's a it's like a, a Shakespearean tragedy. To to move off the plot for a minute, because they were doing Technicolor, they needed to do most of the uh, filming in natural light. So a lot of the film was done out doors so that they would have better lighting for it and um i i, I was as i watched it she is so good in, in in her in her role i can't imagine that they would have needed very many takes to to accomplish what the director wanted to to, to accomplish with the film when we look back on her life and 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 some of the things that she had to go through in a lot of ways that talent was wasted in roles that just were, were stereotypical, either uh, another subservient housekeeper or in some cases she was the dragon woman. There's even a, a movie poster where she's kind of overlooking everybody in this, in this very sinister role. So it, I, I, think, I think her life is undervalued, underappreciated, and she was certainly under, underutilized for her skill. And yet she had these high points. Yeah. She did really well in Europe, became friends with many well-known people, spoke fluent English, uh, French, German, was really successful. Then she had the first television series ever hosted by, by uh, an Asian yeah. on the old Dumont television network. So it was up and down and, and all over the place. I'm glad we're gonna do a film later in the podcast uh, this lady from Chung King because in that role she's definitely uh, the lead and strong and her role is quite different and it's 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 a lot more interesting yeah you really like, see the skill that's a good that she way to, that's a good way to put it like she had these high points and there was a lot of just stereotypical sort of filler roles in between and and yet she persevered and she stuck with it and she she loved filmmaking so much that she was willing to put up with all that crap and yeah. and, and it's not like she had a choice really either i mean it was either she she put up with it and kind of did the best she could to get the roles that she wanted or she just didn't work and she lobbied hard i know we talked about this um in our kind of retrospective on her um but she lobbied hard to be in the good earth and that that movie was you know star 
making. I mean, it was an Academy Award winning film. It was really well done. We reviewed it and I think we talked about how we liked parts of it and other parts of it were we didn't like. But if she had been in that, I think I would have loved it. I think it would have been amazing. Um, oh, no kidding. You know, another extra for Patreon would be a, a discussion of the Hayes Code. And you said that you had read it through and I would love to just spend some time talking about how that impacted film because this movie Toll of the Sea was made before that uh, code came out and uh, yeah and, and the, the Hayes Code was written in 1930 and fully implemented by 1934 it's, it's, it's shocking to read what's in there in terms of what can or can't be done it's a difficult one so it, there's a good example of her acting remember when Alan Carver comes back and I don't think he has much intention of, of actually visiting Lotus Flower, but Lotus Flower is persistent and, and gets a message to Alan. And, and I think Barbara sort of pushes him to, yeah, you should go see him. You know, you should go see her. And, and so they do. And then she, she gets all dressed up in Western garb, like from like, like what a woman would wear in America in the yeah. 20s. And she looks so fashionable and then the the two gossips show up and they're dressed in more traditional uh, Chinese garb from from that time period and her acting in that is amazing but then it was really clear to me how she's between these two worlds right she she doesn't really fit in with the more traditional uh, life that the gossips represent and she definitely is not fitting in with the role of an American housewife that she's envisioning being with Alan Carver. Remember that scene in the cafe where those three men were talking about how he needs, oh, yes. he needs to give up Lotus Flower and what is he <clears throat> doing because she's so different. And, and that's one of the things he likes about her is that she's different. And they're like, yeah, that's the point. She's different. And then they pan over to a white woman who's dressed up in very fashionable gear. And then, and then the next cut is this, person who looks like they just came out of the field and I thought that's that's such a not a fair comparison because you know you look at the way some of those women were dressed the Chinese women and they were very fashionable in their own way so in that little scene in the cafe where they kind of do that compare and contrast between the white woman and the the Chinese woman it's really stacked against the Chinese person and uh, it was so I don't know on point for me in terms of how they saw the two next to each other. The, 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 that scene with those three uh, men in the cafe is just the epitome of the racist kind of outlook that people had at that time and the imperial imperialism nature of what people thought they could do when they were in China back in the 1800s and early 1900s. It's very accurate in terms of, I think, of how people from Western cultures thought of, thought of China. In this film, when I when I was thinking about what what I would do to rate it, I, in a way, I, I really didn't ignore the film, but I really focused on her role because it's so telling how how much talent was there and how much it was never fully utilized. You know, yeah. it's just it's just well. Awful. Do you, did you read any comments on, on this movie, like on IMDb or on the YouTube videos at all? I, I didn't because I got <laughs> I got on a mission to take a look at uh, the lady from Chungking and Impact and uh, Portrait in Black and then read about her life and 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 I got I got off on on that. I, I do want to come back and say that uh, there's a quote about her not being given the role in uh, the Good Earth, and this is a quote. That, w it, it, that was one of the most notorious cases of casting discrimination in the 1930s. Couldn't agree with that more. I, I mean, think that's from the New York Times. That is absolutely but, the epitome of casting discrimination. It, it's like, it, yeah. it's just so blatant. And yeah. And my point to the comments on YouTube and IMDb is that there's a lot of people that really kind of appreciate this film for what it is. And, and they, they appreciate it as representing that time period. And, and I, I, tend to agree with that. I, I, I would not call this movie a racist movie. I would call this movie a depiction of the racism of the time. And I thought the way they handled Lotus Flower's character was really well done. And I thought the way that they depicted Alan Carver 
was probably pretty accurate to what happened for a lot of people and relationships in that situation. And and I found the role of Barbara Carver really interesting too, because you know she's kind of complicit in this whole racism and the relationship between them. On the one hand, she must know that that Lotus Flower loves Alan Carver, and and she must have some inkling that they were together. And yet, it's never revealed to her or Alan that little Alan is is his son, and she hides that from them. And I, what did you think about that? Did would you would you hide that from them, or like I, I was wondering about well, that. The, the whole the whole that whole area of the film, as as is true with many other parts of the film, is it just shows <clears throat> the overwhelming arrogance of of the man and and the other men and in 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 a lot of ways Beatrice Bentley's character of of whatever was necessary because they were superior to these other people whose country they were in by the way <laughs> no. probably not invited to be there it, it is a depiction of what went on I don't know if it set out to be a depiction of what went on I think it wanted to tell the story of her life and and and, and that but uh, it just comes through it's it screams of the of the times of the 20s and 30s and 40s and yeah it's, it's a very difficult one for me to watch but when I, but but I give her a 10 I think she did superlative work well yeah I give her a 10 too I just realized that maybe she did tell Beatrice about or maybe she did tell Barbara about the fact that that was Alan's son remember they, they had that scene there at I thought they did but it's hard to tell when it's a silent film yeah I mean yeah you know what I take that back I think she did confess to Barbara that this was Alan's son and would you please take little Alan back to America with you and, and yeah. treat him like your own that actually made sense to me in 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 some way because um she was a single mom in China at this period of time and and I think her prospects of giving him and he was also interracial, which would have been a, uh, which would have been really challenging in America and in China at that time. So she she sort of sacrificed her her relationship with her son to hopefully, I think, in her mind, give him a better chance at a at a better life in America. But yeah, that 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 whole saviorism kind of complex really comes through where where I think they feel like they can come in and and save these people because they are yeah. better than them. That's very well depicted in the film. As we as we've started to look at Anna Mae Wong's life, uh, as a coincidence, I've been also reading a lot about First Peoples in Montana, hmm. Canada, Idaho, the Blackfeet tribe, the Assiniboine, and uh, that whole history from the 1850s till today in terms of the uh, the movement of settlers into the West, and then and then to add to that. I, I did a brief review of Ida Lupino's life as a director, as the only woman director in Hollywood in the 1940s. So I'm like, I, I need to kind of get a better balance of what I'm looking at here because I'm, I'm, I'm just lost in all of this terrible behavior in the, in the past. You know, it's like no, it's good okay, it's good not a good way to not a good way to begin 2021. Well, I don't know about that. I would say that it's important to kind of spend some time thinking about it, and I think it it's good to talk about it too. Not to make our whole show about this, but um, at least acknowledge all of these wrongs that have happened, and and I think it you know it informs a lot of what's going on now in Hollywood with film and and casting and you know casting white actors in Asian roles. And, you know, we've talked about that before as well. Yeah, no, it, it, I, I, I've sort of come back from where I was like a few days ago, but it, it's just, it's haunting. You know, I think we'll find it inspirational in some ways to kind of go through these films. And, you know, we're not gonna be touching on every single movie she's made, obviously, but we'll hit some of these highlights and and uh, I, you know, I do find her to be quite inspirational and motivational, and yeah. and uh, her life story, like like we said in the retrospective, would make an amazing sort of eight-part Netflix miniseries. I think. Oh, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I would love to see that. She, she she just sort of like 
kind of a lead character to represent a lot of other people that went through the same thing <clears throat> from all kinds of backgrounds. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. And and then <clears throat> we'll talk about Basil Rathbone. So that'll be, that'll shift gears. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and his 14 Sherlock Holmes films. Uh, this, this is a really, really well done film for the time. I mean, the movie industry was like in its infancy. Yeah, I was, and there I was, was some amazed at how well were made before this. Yeah, I was amazed at how well done it was. And yeah, I don't know if it was the fact that it was color or not. I think it was a combination of it being color, but also the way they structured the story. And then just Anna Mae Wong carries it with her acting. She really, she just outshines everybody else in the movie. It's when she's on screen, she's she's got star power, absolutely, and it, it comes through. So, I was just kind of as we as we wrap up our uh, review. And this is a quote from the film by Anna Mae Wong, where she says, after she's given up her beautiful son, Oh, see, now that life has been emptied, I come to pay my great debt to you. And it's implied that she drowns herself. I think she does drown herself. I, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Well, it's, it's worth watching, and it's easy to, it's easy to find. Yeah, I'll put a link to the really good quality one I found on YouTube, and um, yeah. So I'm not even sure how to rate this film. <laughs> well, like I say, I, I didn't give the film a rating, but I gave her a 10. I rated the individual. I felt totally comfortable with that. I, I would give her a 10. I would give the uh, technical production of the film a 10. It's just amazing for 1922. And yeah, I, I think I'll leave it at that. So, yeah. We have so a few was, more films in the queue for, for anime long. Yeah, so up next is Shannon <laughs> Express, and then Lady from Chungking. And then we'll have a, probably do a retrospective on Basil Rathbone. And then we'll jump into Son of Frankenstein, Ma Mark of Zorro, Hound of the Baskervilles, and Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. And then... Somewhere in there, possibly, we'll be doing our 200th episode, which might be Citizen Kane, Best Years of Our Lives, Star Wars. We're not quite sure yet, but something big that we have kind of been putting off doing. And then probably we get to review all three of those in one podcast. <laughs> There's going to be a three hour, three hour show if we do that. Yeah, I'm down for it, though. Yes. If you want to do a three hour Zoom call, and I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like that movie Heaven's Gate from the uh, early 80s that was like nine hours long in its original cut. <laughs> <laughs> or or, Good or luck. any Orson Welles movie before they edited it, you know, like. <laughs> oh. And then I think we might get into, is it Jean, Jean Moreau, um, French director? Uh, my French is very weak, but yeah, he, she was in a lot of films and two of my favorites. The Bride wore black and elevator to the gallows. She was in those. Yeah, so maybe we'll do a couple of, that was actually a, that was a suggestion by one of our patrons to to do. Yes, elevator to the gallows, which is kind of what got me started thinking about those movies. I would do a double feature, back to back podcast: one on elevator to the gallows, and the other, the bride wore black. Yeah, that sounds it's good. It's quite a. We just, Nancy and I just watched that uh, three four days ago. It's quite a film, nice. very different. Cool. So that's that's our. Uh, is this our first Zoom? No, it's our second Zoom podcast. Yeah, this is our second. I think we did one with uh, um, Jimmy Custis. With Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll see how the audio is on this. We might end up um, also simultaneously recording ourselves, uh, so that we, for the audio part of the podcast sounds better. But we'll see. We're just experimenting here. So we'll see how that goes. And then All right. if, you wanna, if you're listening to this on the public feed and you want to uh, see the video, uh, head over to patreon.com slash classic movie reviews. We've got some other cool behind the scenes stuff coming up as well as uh, special features on other classic media, such as old time radio, old time television and stage productions. And uh, we'll be doing retrospectives of different folks where we kind of deep dive for a whole episode, just talking about their lives and the impact that they've had. So 
Um, you can look for that over there on Patreon. And coming to you from North Bend, this is this is Matt. And here in Los Angeles, Bob is Bob. <coughs> welcome. <laughs> this is Bob in Los Angeles, wishing everybody happy movie watching and happy New Year for 2021. Happy New Year, everybody. Cool. All right. <laughs> Stumble bum here. Hello. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. I'm nervous before the camera because I've often been told I have a face for radio. <laughs> yeah. recording now I'm just getting out of the my okay there I like this because in the background are all the grandkids when they were kind of little <laughs> <laughs> I know I should get a picture of them in the background too <laughs> I just have all my old uh, TV and film books back there and retro nothing wrong with that game stuff Look at the pictures on my bookcase. They're just yeah. tiny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I came up with some razzle, rab, razzle, razzle, dazzle, with Basil Rathbone. <clears throat> oh yeah. Uh, the the uh, Hound of the Baskervilles is on YouTube, like you said, and as luck would have it, Turner Classic Movies last night broadcast uh, Robin Hood. Oh, they did? Yeah, so I recorded that, so I got that. But listen to this Listen to this list that we can choose from. Son of Frankenstein, 1939. The Mark of Zorro, 1940, which is a really good one with Tyrone Tower. Paris Calling, which is a World War II film. And then a couple of uh, Sherlock Holmes from later in the series. Terror by Night from 1946, which is in the public domain. And the very last one they did, 1946, Dress to Kill. And then The Court Jester, which we've already done. Oh, yeah, he played the bad guy in that, right? He played the bad guy in that. And then The Last Hurrah, which is from 1958, where he plays a very uh, conservative business person. And then the, the best one of all is... He's in an animated cartoon feature from 1986 that Disney did called The Great Mouse Detective. And it was 19 years after he was dead. They used, they used recordings from another show that he did. Oh, I remember that movie. That's funny. God. He may, yeah, but he was really typecast after the... Sherlock Holmes, because the film parts he got were few and far between. He went yeah. low rent beyond Vincent Price. Yeah, and he did a lot of stage work, too. But I, I think that after. kind of died down after uh, Sherlock Holmes. It's kind of unfortunate. You know, he's so good at that one role that... <laughs> I know. So many I comments think, on those movies, like on IMDb or in the YouTube video link for Hound of the Baskervilles, just say that he is Sherlock Holmes for people. And I think that was the, for me. Yeah. He is for me because I grew up with it. And they did 14 of them. I like that. I like, I'd like to do at least one Sherlock Holmes movie. My favorite is The Hound of the Baskervilles. I really like that one. Let's do uh, that one because that's the very first one they did. And then if we needed another one, we could do The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, which was made the same year. And when he was at 20th Century Fox, which is where the first ones were made, 
they had more budget and more time and it was a higher quality but than when he moved to Universal. Yeah. Which I think they what I think he moved over there and, and starting episode uh, movie three. three and then four. they just started cranking them out like it was a TV episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So with with anime Wong, we're doing the Toll of the Sea. Mm-hmm. And then, are we going to do some others, or are we going to move on to Sherlock Holmes, or what? What, should, what are we going to do after this one? Oh, I think we should I'm do at least for anything. Yeah, I know you seem like you watched them all. Um, no, I think we should do some more. Definitely, I, uh, okay. Shanghai Express is supposed to be really good. Did you watch that one? I know that I didn't. I watched uh, Toll of the Sea, Lady from Chungking. Portrait in Black and Impact. Oh, what's Impact. the one? Shang- Shanghai Express. What's the one I that you mentioned? Was good. Uh, I haven't. Where did you find these movies? Were they like rentals somewhere? Uh, well, that's a good question. Lady from Shanghai. I think I watched on YouTube. I got it off the computer. Hmm. Uh, Portrait in Black. Was Turner Classic Movies? No, no, no. Portrait in Black was Netflix DVD oh, okay. from Netflix. Okay. And Impact was a Netflix DVD. So they're all three available. And Shanghai Express. Where did you find that one? I haven't watched it yet. I don't know. Um, YouTube. Impact is also oh, available oh, okay. on Prime Video, so I could watch that on Prime. Let's let's do Impact as one for sure. And then what, which one do you think we should do? Well, uh, the way I looked at them, Toll of the Sea, she's the kind of the, the subservient Asian woman. Lady from Chungking, she's leading a band of guerrilla fighters against the Japanese, a very strong role. Oh, right. Impact, she's the housekeeper maid, so it's oh. kind of a weak role. And mm-hmm. Portrait in Black is sort of a weak role, so... I think we ought to do Toll of the Sea, Shanghai Express, and Lady from Shanking. All right. Even though that lady from... one of us have watched. Yeah. Well, Lady from Shanking is available on Prime Video as well. Maybe that's where I watched it. And then Shanghai. I, I didn't have any trouble getting them. Shanghai Express is, if I could find it here. Here we go. I think that one might be a little harder to get. Let's see maybe here. Let's check that. That may be why I went with late. That's maybe why I went with Lady from Chungking. Let's see. Let's just let's just see what anime Wong comes up with on Netflix DVD. It is on there. Okay, so we can do that one on Netflix DVD. I'll add it to my queue right now. And that's the one with Marlene Dietrich too. Oh, what year was that? Um, 1932. Okay, so it's the Toll of the Sea. Shanghai Express and Lady from Chungking. Chung, the Lady from Chungking was 1942. So that's good. We got the 20s, the 30s, and the 40s. Depending on how quickly that comes, we could do that one next, or we could do the uh, the one that's on Prime. Yeah, the Lady from Chungking. You'll find it quite different than this role. That's for sure. From that was out. the one that she made. It's almost like propaganda during World War II, right? Absolutely. Yeah in support of the Chinese and the U.S. And she's really, it's a very strong role. It could have easily been done by, uh, in those days, you know, like a like a man, like an Errol Flynn or somebody like that. Okay, cool. It's such a contrast to a Impact and Portrait in Black where she's the housekeeper. Yeah, I don't want to watch her be a housekeeper. That's, that's okay. <laughs> I watched it just to make sure that's what they were. And I could say honestly that I've seen her in a variety of different diverse roles. Yeah. But yeah. Cool. Okay, so Toll of the Sea, Shanghai Express, and Lady from Chungking. And then we'll go Bingo. into Basil Rathbone. <laughs> I know, I love that name. And maybe I we'll love it when he was few... with Dr. Watson. <laughs> yeah. He's not a bad Watson in the at least the yeah, that character that he in that <laughs> if I can talk in Hound of the Baskervilles, he's 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 not too bad. Some of the Watson characters have been really lame. We, but, uh, yeah, 
Those were more lame on the universal side. If we could do the two 20th century Fox Sherlock Holmes films, I think we, those are the best of the of the 14. And then yeah, and, I, and I've read the I've read the book, The Hound of the Baskervilles, and I've watched like several adaptations, and it'd be interesting because they changed up the story, uh, and changed some characters and removed some stuff and added some stuff, and it's kind of interesting the decisions they made in that movie versus the story and some of the other adaptations that I've seen. So kind of kind of cool to point those out. And then we should add either The Mark of Zorro or The Son of Frankenstein. Either one of those are good. Both. Let's do both of those. I would I would love to watch give The Son of Frankenstein. Okay. So we're lined up for about the next six, seven episodes. Which reminds me, I need to sign up for a new rate structure. Oh, yeah, that's right. We should mention that. And then we have a, a few new patrons that we need to thank as well. Oh, good. But yeah, I got to write these down. I got to write this order down. I keep forgetting. So. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I should do the same thing. I'm going to do the same thing. And then. Uh, I would do them in the years they were made order. Yeah. What was the second one about the war? Uh, the second one is Shanghai Express from 1932. And then Lady from Chungking, right? And then Lady from Chungking, 1942. Okay, and then is it Frank, Son of Frankenstein, Zorro, and then? Uh, Son of Frankenstein, The Mark of Zorro, The Hound of the Baskervilles. And the Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. I think those are the two best Sherlock Holmes films that he made. Okay. I'm writing it down too. Cool. And then I'll get our patron stuff up here for make sure I get everybody. Because we have two new patrons. Yeah, you'd have me if I got my paperwork done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay, cool. I got it here. All right. Should we should we start this show? Yes, indeed. I'm I'm totally ready. <laughs> People watching the video get to see you, you all get to see all the behind the scenes stuff here. Of us trying to figure out what the heck we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's right, we're on video. I'm glad I shaved. Uh I can't say the same. That's okay. I do have my coffee though. All right.